Praise God. Daniel chapter 6. Again, good to have you all today. Appreciate you. Let me say that we love everybody. Amen. And mean that. We love you all today. Thank you for this year. Amen. All that you have done to contribute to the kingdom. All that you have done to be a blessing to those around you, those you work with, your family, your friends, and uh, to this house. Amen. If you're visiting from another church today for all that the blessing you've been to your uh, your congregation, your pastor, I know that they appreciate it. Amen. Thankful today. Praise the Lord. Last message I'm going to preach this year. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I want to bring to you what the Lord has laid on my heart. Amen. Praise God. Daniel chapter 6. We're going to begin with verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. And then we're going to skip a few and go down to verse 10 and read through verse 17. If you have a Bible with you, you can do that. Pull it up on your phone if that's where you look at it. If not, we have it on the screen. And if you're able to stand, if you're not already, please do for the reading of the Word of God. Daniel 6, verse 1. Everyone have it. Say amen. Amen. And it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now skip down to verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went unto his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knee three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man should ask a petition? That shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, This thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altered not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regard not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Amen. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians, that no decree nor statute which the king establishes may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and they cast him into the den of lions. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Amen. They're going to blast the shofars. We ask you to give the Lord praise for his word today. Come on, let's bless him across this house one more time. 
Hallelujah. Come on. Let's, let's, let's shake this place with our praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have the potential to change the atmosphere. You have the potential to alter circumstances in your life with your obedience and praise today. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated this morning, amen, and on this last day of 2023, if the Lord will honor me, I want to minister on this thought, preserved, preferred, and protected. Preserved, preferred, and protected. Look at your neighbor and say that, preserved, preferred, and protected, amen, hallelujah. Daniel is a very... Very familiar, very common story in the Bible. Maybe some of you today, I don't take for granted that everyone has heard the story of Daniel. And time will not allow us to go into all of the details and the circumstances surrounding this story. But I will just simply say, amen, that God's people, Israel, were taken into bondage by the Babylonians, amen. And uh, Daniel was one of the ones that uh, refused to bow. Daniel was one of the ones that refused to follow after the way of the Babylonians, amen, as they brought them in. Many of the uh, Israel uh, conformed to the ways of the Babylonians, the pagan ways, uh, amen. We know real familiar, amen, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were also three who refused to bow, amen, to the golden idol of King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, amen, was one of those ones, Daniel was very wise, Daniel was very astute, Daniel was very knowledgeable, God used Daniel in dreams, God gave Daniel prophetic words, amen, so there was a lot about Daniel, amen, but one thing we have to remember about Daniel is that he refused to conform from the ways of his God. Amen. His God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. The great God, Jehovah, the God of this universe, the one that sits on the throne, and this earth is his footstool. Daniel was one of those, even though he was taken into captivity for 70 years, he refused a man to walk away from what he knew to be true. And so now we have Amen. This time in Daniel's life. Amen. We see that Daniel has now served. And I read to you how that Daniel found favor in the eyes of the king because of all that he was. We said a lot of things used a lot of adjectives to describe Daniel, but Daniel was uh, very favored in the eyes of the king. Understand that he was a Jew. He was not a Babylonian, but he was a Jew, but he was set up, amen, in high ranks in the office of, of the king. And this didn't set well with the other Babylonian princes and presidents and governors, amen, that were there. Because Daniel, not only was Daniel made, amen, set up and made a prince and a governor uh, uh, in the king's palace, but he was put first. Uh, amen. There was three of them that were top-notch, uh, and Daniel was the first. So understand, uh, amen, that during this time, there was a lot of animosity, amen, against Daniel, because Daniel, first of all, was first in line. He was first in place, favored by the king. He would have been the one that would have been next in command that they would have went to, and uh, he was the one 
one that was consulted about a lot of things, amen. And uh, second of all, he was not, amen, a true Babylonian. He was not, amen, of the Persian culture. Here he was a Jew coming in, being held captive, but is in the freedom of uh, the king's court. Uh, now we see that there is a time here in chapter 6. Uh, it said that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, uh, of whom Daniel was first. Uh, amen. So the princes all gave account to Daniel. Daniel went, amen, then to the king. Now secular history does not give any record of a ruler named Darius in this particular period. Uh, so uh, uh, there's no really record of a king or anyone named Darius who was a ruler during this period, amen, that we are talking about. Uh, amen. It could be there's, there's, there's about three different ideas, and we're not going to go over all of those today, but uh, it could be that the ancient, there was an ancient official known as Guguru, amen, praise God, I couldn't help but to think about Guguru <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I read that, but uh, he was known as Guguru, who was, uh, amen, a, a, an official that was uh, uh, appointed as a general uh, by King Cyrus to rule over Babylon. So it would have been, if this is the case, that Darius, understand that Darius was not a name. Darius was a title. Remember in uh, the book of Exodus, Pharaoh is not a name. Pharaoh is a title. There were several Pharaohs mentioned in the scripture, but Pharaoh is a title. So Darius was not a name. Darius was actually a title. So it would have been that King Cyrus, if this is the case, that King Cyrus would have appointed a man, this official, this uh, a government official, this general named Guguru, to be a man uh, over Babylon. Amen. And so uh, this name, this title that was not a name, but it was a title, it meant the holder of a scepter. So it's translated to mean a holder of a scepter. So it was like he was taking the office or the place of the king over that particular province. And so over Babylon, if you will, if this is the case, I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, but my point being, if this is the case, he was given the authority Amen. And this person had the power to make appointments to assemble an army. He had the power to levy taxes. He had the power to possess a palace uh, pretty much like the king. And so he was the one that was given the authority. And so Daniel was one of the three leaders who was under this Darius. Uh, amen. And we already told you that Daniel was the first uh, in line. Daniel was the first of the presidents that all of the other princes and officials uh, had to answer to. So imagine, again, keep in mind, here is Daniel, uh, a man, a Jew, who is being brought into captivity, into Babylon, who is not of the Persian culture. He is a foreigner, if you will, 
and these Babylonian, these Persian princes and governors uh, who have a stock and have a heritage in Babylon. This is their bloodline. They are having to report to Daniel, amen, and allow Daniel to go to the king. So imagine that, amen, that it just did not go over very well, amen. And, and so he shined above all of these others, especially these other two presidents. And the Bible tells us why. It's because he had an excellent spirit. It wasn't because Daniel was smart. It wasn't because Daniel was knowledgeable. It wasn't because Daniel was good to look at. It wasn't because Daniel was a specific age. It wasn't because he came from a wealthy bloodline. But it was because Daniel's spirit was excellent. Oh, come on, somebody, do you hear me? How many knows that we can dwell and survive in a world, a man that is away from God, a man, and we can have favor in the world if we have an excellent spirit, a man, because that excellence will excel you, a man, it'll cause you to get promotions when you don't deserve promotions, it'll cause you to get recognized and moved up. Amen. When someone else that has uh, the credentials to do it are not, but it's not because you're anybody special or you're better, but it's because you are in covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. I tell people all the time, doing right is always right. You do right, right will find you. You always choose the truth. Truth will seek you out. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? We don't have to be like the world. Amen. We are in it, but not of it. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord some praise right there. Hallelujah. So Daniel had a good attitude. Say, so look for just a minute. I just want to lay a foundation here. Daniel, amen, he had a good attitude in his work and his life. Daniel was one of those people that some people like, ah. well, you know what Daniel's going to say. You know how Daniel's going to respond. Daniel's always right. Daniel's always the one that the king goes to, amen. But because Daniel, amen, chose to be uh, faithful and chose to do right, his good attitude, not only in his work, but in his life, uh, made him the object of attack. And can I tell you that in this time that we are living, amen, this world, there's an old song when I was a kid, amen, a couple of years ago, amen, there's an old song that said, this world has never been, in the awful shape it's in. Jesus, take hold and lead us through. Well, I can tell you in that since that couple years, amen, since that song was popular, this world has gotten worse and the shape of this world, amen, has declined. Society and culture has went away from the boundaries that is set. This is God's blueprint for life. Amen. It's not even, it's not even, uh, uh, you can follow this and not even be a child of God and good things are going to find you because this is the boundaries that God set if you follow what he said. Amen. But the, 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 the world has gotten away from godly values. 
from morality, amen, it's straight away from it. But can I tell you that if you choose to stand for righteousness, if you choose to stand in this world and in the darkness for the truth and the word of God, you do not have to do anything, amen, to be the object of an attack and an assault from the enemy. Amen. You are a target. Don't your neighbors say you love Jesus? There's a target on your back. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. You follow the Lord? There's a target on your back. Simply because you wake up and open your eyes and your first breath gives knowledge and acknowledges the goodness of God. Hell is set out to tear you down. And if they can't get you, it'll go for your family. And if they can't get your finances, it's going to go for your health. And if they can't get your health, it's going to go for your mind. And if they can't get your mind, it's going to mess with your emotions. And if they can't control your emotions, it's going to mess with your spirit. Hallelujah. But in that, greater is he that is in me. Faithful to God, but he was faithful to his position in 
in the kingdom. Oh, come on, somebody, do you hear me? Amen. If you are faithful to God, you ought to be faithful on your job. You ought to be faithful, come on, somebody, to your family. You ought to be faithful to your spouse. You ought to be faithful in your finances. Somebody better help me. Hallelujah. Amen. They look for a reason to give Daniel fault. Amen. To find fault with him. Now, think about this. We're talking about about 50 years Daniel had been serving. We ain't talking about just a few months or right after he got in office. We're talking about he's been the president for 50 years. Daniel was about 15 when he was taken into captivity. Amen, praise God. And this, amen, now he was about 81 years old by this time. So we're, we're, you, you've got to understand something. For, for, for about 50 years, Daniel had served. So this was not an overnight thing. For all these years, they had been looking for a reason, amen, to get Daniel. He'd been a public servant. Oh, don't even get me started talking about politicians. It's the end of the year. Come on, somebody. They found nothing fraudulent. They found no scandal. They found no shady business deals. They found nothing concerning Daniel's position as the first in line president to the king. They found nothing to find fault in him. And they figure now it's been over 50 years. We got to do something. This guy is getting on our nerves. Come on. Do you understand me? Hallelujah. Why do you think that 2023 became intense in the spiritual warfare? Because hell understands God's timeline. Hell understands prophetic significance. Hell recognizes the signs that are around us. And in case you didn't know the signs that are happening around us, this Bible tells us that when we see these things, know that the second coming of Jesus is about to happen. Hell knows, oh God, somebody help me. I'm trying to lay a foundation and not preach, but I'm telling you, hallelujah, hell knows that we're on the verge, we're on the brink, and somewhere in this timeline, the Bible says, Paul said, hallelujah, that the dead in Christ are going to rise, that a trumpet is going to sound, and the graves are going to burst open, and everyone that took their last breath under the covenant of Jesus, that suddenly out of the ground, they're going to rise up, and they're going to move, amen, swiftly in the air. Then it says, all that remain on this earth who are walking in covenant with him will be changed in a moment. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. In the twinkling of an eye, that means this. That quick, they're going to change. We're going to put on, take off mortality. And we're going to put on immortality. And some somehow, some way, in the supernatural position that he is in, we're going to be caught up in the air 
that there will be great sorrow and tribulation that will come upon the earth. And if you're left here, you can't escape it. You say, that's pretty harsh. No, that's mercy. That's love. He doesn't have to give us an opportunity to be ready. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So Daniel, they looked and they examined. This is why the assault has been like it is in 2023. Because hell recognizes it's almost there. And so that they can distract us. They can pursue us and wear us out and cause us to get our eyes on things that don't matter, on things that have no weight when it comes to eternity, things that have no bearing when it comes to being eternally with the Lord and escaping the torment of hell. If it can succeed in getting us distracted, then it will. But they couldn't find any fault in Daniel and the kingdom. So they examined his life and they found nothing to attack. So they had to make up something. Yep. Look, if the enemy thinks you're important enough to get you talked about, if you, if, if, <laughs> If there's rumors going around about you, you threatening something or somebody something. If hell is going to take the time to make up some mess that ain't true about you, your house, your family, your church, your people, come on somebody, then you must be causing some kind of a mess in the, in the darkness. Will somebody help me in this place? Let's not get distracted and distraught. By stupid stuff. So they had to make something up. Understand this. I don't believe that Daniel was sinless. I believe that Daniel simply was a man of integrity. That he kept his word. What he said he did. What he what he believed, he lived. Come on, somebody. Not saying that Daniel was perfect. He was a man of integrity. And you can be a person of integrity in this world that we're living in. Get ready to come up on taxes. Don't be cheating on your taxes. Jesus is coming. That's funny, but it's true. I know they're from hell. Come on. It's proved, right. it's proved in the Bible. It was, it was a form of bondage. Yes, yes, yes. I get it. I get it. Hallelujah. But be a person of integrity. Don't steal. Don't, don't, don't pocket something. Come on. Hallelujah. I don't know who that's for, but take it. See, they knew Daniel well. Keep in mind, over 50 years, they worked alongside him. See, he didn't, he didn't join in on their table talks. He didn't get in on their conspiracies against, oh, come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? And they knew him well, and they knew he couldn't be trapped into evil. They knew they were, that he was faithful to his God in all circumstances. Now, this is important for you to understand this. 
It's important for us to grasp that they recognized that Daniel was faithful to God in all circumstances. They had 50 years to watch him go in and out of a lot of... Look, look, there's no way the dude worked in the kingdom and there wasn't mess. People are people. People are people. People are people. I don't care if they were, if it was a 6 BC or if it's 2023. People are people. Right? They're people-y. It's been a people -y year. They knew he was faithful to his God in all circumstances. Can I tell you that the world is a poor critic of Christianity? You would ask the world their definition of Christianity, they would they would give you a list of things that they feel like a Christian should do and be. And come on, come on. So so the world is a poor critic of Christianity, but they are sufficient when it comes to somebody's conduct. They're a poor critic of Christianity. They think they know what this is, and they don't even they don't even live it. They don't even apply it. Come on, somebody. And a lot of what they base it on is man-made denominational religiosity. Man-made ideology that has no power in the gospel. But they, 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 they know conduct. Are you hearing me? And, and not only did they know Daniel was faithful to his God in all circumstances, they also knew Darius. They knew the king. So they, they, they begin to appeal to Darius's pride. They begin to appeal to his desire for a unified kingdom. Because they said, here's what, here's what we got to do. Let's go to the king and let's let's convince him to make a decree that nobody petition a god, lowercase g, there were many that they worshipped, many pagan gods, that nobody petition a god or man for 30 days except the king. So if I can put that in hillbilly terms, they were saying nobody's allowed to pray. Nobody's allowed to ask a man or their God of anything except the king. And then, so they went before the king because, listen, listen to me, they understand. They, and here's the thing. They lied and said all the officials and the governors have consulted and got together. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Daniel wasn't in that meeting. And he's first in line. So they lied, right? They lied. They conspired against Daniel. They said Daniel was all for this when Daniel had no idea. But you see, they were appealing to the pride of the king. First of all, he's like, yeah, everybody will answer to me. Everybody will ask me for 30 days. Second of all, this is going to put everybody in one mind. And the king, no matter how distraught, evil he was, wanted unity. So this appealed to his pride and his desire, amen, as a king to have a unified kingdom. So they said all of the, all of the officials have decided this. See, they knew people could be persuaded to do things they wouldn't normally do if they thought everybody else was doing it. Yeah, right. Welcome to 2023. Right. They knew that people could be persuaded to do something they wouldn't normally do if they believed that everybody else was doing it. It's called status quo. You might as well, if you can't beat them, join them. That's what the enemy's trying to get us to do. He's trying to beat us down to get us to join defeat. Amen? 
So they said, anybody who petitions any God or man in 30 days except for you will be cast into a den of lions. Now this can't be changed according to the law of the, of the Medes and Persians. This is unchangeable. This cannot be changed. When a king signed a law or decree, even he could not change it. Even the king could not change it. He was sought to speak on behalf of the other gods who could never be wrong and would never want to change the decree in the first place. So, so they knew that if they could get the king to sign this decree, that it could not be changed. So imagine, imagine if there was a law set that we weren't allowed to pray in the month of January. Think about it. You don't think that they wouldn't show up to every church. Come on, that, that means you can't pray in your house. That means you can't pray on your job. That means you can't pray in public. You can't pray in the church. That means they're going to watch. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna set up. Are you hearing me? Imagine if there was a law. Now look, see, I, I, this, this world is as crazy as it is. It would not surprise me. But imagine if they said, all right, for the first month of 2024, ain't nobody allowed to pray. Think about it. How many would show up for prayer meeting if I called one? How many, how many would block yourself from our page if I post a prayer meeting? Replacements, but Daniel knew 
of the land, but it was another thing to be obedient to his God, who, amen, after 60-some years had been faithful to him, had preserved him, had protected him, had provided for him in the midst of captivity and bondage. He was given preference and rose above it. Hallelujah. How could he not give God the honor and the glory? You're here today. You're alive and breathing. The breath that's in your body comes from the very lungs of our Creator. How can you not give Him the praise, the honor, and the glory? How can you not say, yes, Lord, here's my life. I'll do what you need me to do. So what did he do? He prayed. He went to his house. He got on his knees. And he began to give thanks before God. And the Bible said, as he had done, as had been his custom for years. So for years, he had prayed three times a day. He had got on his knees. And the Bible says that he opened the windows toward Jerusalem. Why would he open the windows toward Jerusalem? Because it was in Jerusalem where the sacrifice had been. It was in Jerusalem where the presence of his king had dwelt. He knew that's where the answer came from. He may not be able to be there in the flesh, but he's going to send his petition. Somebody help me. Hallelujah. When all hell assails me. When everything around me is falling apart. I fix my eyes. I fix my gaze on the one. Hallelujah. Who I know will preserve me. Will keep me. Will provide for me. For the one that I know who has given his life for me. That's where my help comes from. This has been his custom for years. Now listen to me. Listen to me. I thought about something. Daniel didn't pray any more or any less. See, some of us would have upped it to six times a day. <laughs> Come on. In our state of panic, we'd have been like, I better up, better up it. Right? Because some of you, the devil tells you, you don't do enough anyway. You can pray, you can pray 23 hours out of 24, and the devil would tell you. You need to pray at that 24th hour. Yeah. Come on, that ain't enough. Are you here? You can fast till you puke, and the devil would say you ain't fasted enough. Come on, somebody. He'll use the word to try to, to amen, to trip you up. Daniel didn't say, he didn't say, you know what, I better, I better, I better, better add another time of prayer. I better add two. Amen. And he certainly didn't get discouraged and said, you know what, there's no use to pray. I've prayed all these years, and look what's happening now. But Daniel said, I'm going to keep my focus. I'm going to keep my faith fixed. I've got myself. It's got me through all these years, my Lord, and it's going to keep me now. Come on, somebody help me. Can I tell you the enemy thought he was going to take you out? The enemy thought he was going to take you down. But here you sit. Here you stand. New Year's Eve 2023. He thought it was going to bring you down. He thought 2023 was going to take you down. 
So when they told Darius, I'm going to get this now. Darius was displeased with himself. He was upset with himself. He wasn't happy with Daniel's enemies because he knew that he was responsible for what was going to happen to Daniel. He was upset because that tells us his confidence and his love and his respect for Daniel. He was displeased with himself. So much so that he he labored till the going down of the sun trying to think of a way of getting out of putting Daniel in the lion's yeah. See, sometimes we think God is punishing us. Come on. But there are some times that God has to allow us to go through some things, into some places, and deal with some stuff. As much as he would love to pull it back. As much as he would love to pull us out and deliver us before deliverance is ever needed. He understands that it is his will. And that it is good for you. And not only for you, but for those around you. Amen. So think it not strange concerning this fiery trial. Which has come to try you. Because if you stand faithful, and if you endure, you shall come out as pure gold that's been tried in the fire that means oh somebody understand that that means that there's never another fire that will ever be able to affect you because all the fire needed was done in that room come on somebody help me I said that means there will never be another fire able to affect you because that fire got rid of everything accusation was made and found to be valid. It was the Eastern custom. It was the law that, 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 that the execution had to happen by the evening of the same day that the person was accused and it was found to be valid. There was no mistake and Daniel went against the decree. He prayed. And so the king labored until he could not labor anymore because he couldn't break that custom. He couldn't break that law. So he knew. There's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. Imagine God and Jesus was hanging on the cross. And it was 2.59 in the afternoon. And Jesus was hanging there. And they mocked him. Let's take it back a few more minutes. Let's make it 2.55. Five minutes to three. And Jesus is bloody. He's beaten. His flesh is like raw meat. He's almost lifeless. And he's hanging there and there mocking. And there still, he's hanging between the two thieves. If the father would have given anything, say, okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. The blood's been shed. That's enough. 
But see, the shed blood wasn't enough. That was enough for the remission of sin. But that's not where it ended. God didn't just want to have a relationship with sword. He wanted to spend eternity with this creation. So he, imagine there at that last couple of minutes as Jesus hung there from 9 o'clock that morning until 3 o'clock. It's 2.57, 2.58. Sister Mary taught about it this morning in class and they go to break his legs because they, it was the Sabbath and they wanted to bury them and they went, they broke the legs of both thieves but they went to break the legs of Jesus. And he had already breathed his last breath and cried, it is finished and they took him down God knew that it didn't end there but he knew that in order for death to not have the final say so over mankind that there had to be a resurrection of first fruits he was already the only begotten, the only Son of God, the first fruits of the Father. And he had already prophesied, Barry, put this down, tear this temple down, but in three days I will rebuild it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And on that third and appointed morning, they placed Jesus in that borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Hallelujah. And they placed him in that tomb. And Mary Magdalene went. We read it this morning. To find Jesus. And when she got there. Hallelujah. There was an angel at the head and an angel at the foot. And she said, what have you done with the master? And Jesus was standing at the door. Hallelujah. And he said, Mary. Come on somebody. It is me. He knew that in order for us to be able to overcome this world and to be able to spend eternity with him, that Jesus had to conquer death. So he had to be put in the grave and he had to resurrect. And because he lives, you and I live also. Come on, somebody. So they put Daniel. He said, he, he went to Daniel and he said, Daniel, your God that you can serve that you serve continually will deliver you. Yes. We're talking about a pagan Babylonian king. Come on, somebody. But the God that I've watched you serve. The God that I've watched you be faithful to all of these decades. Your testimony that I've heard from others. I've called them in and said, is Daniel doing what he's? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can't find any fault in Daniel. Come on, somebody. Same thing they did to Jesus. We find no fault in him. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. But he said, Daniel, the God that you serve continually will deliver you. His faith was in Daniel's trust in God. His faith was not in Daniel. It was in Daniel's trust in God. Can somebody put that kind of faith in your trust in God? Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? 
for you. Here's the thing. Daniel's testimony got him persecuted, but it also delivered him. I said his testimony got him persecuted, but it also delivered him. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap what you sow if you faint not. I want somebody to have that kind of faith in my trust in God. Oh, hallelujah. Well, it'll be all right. Because the God you sow is going to bring you out. Imagine a sinner. Imagine somebody who's in witchcraft telling you, well, the God you serve is going to deliver me. So hang on. Don't, don't be distressed. Come on. Come on. Same thing. Same thing. Same kind of scenario. And he put, a, he put a stone at the mouth of the den of lions and he sealed it. He took his signet ring and he put his imprint on that and he sealed it. I got to thinking about that. Amen. We know that that was a decree. That means that the king, that nobody could take it, but the king had to say so for that. But listen to me. I got to thinking today, maybe, just maybe, sometimes I, I think about things, and I think, just maybe, maybe he did that to protect Daniel too because he knew what kind of conniving, amen, a, a sneaky, a uh, 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 Cohorts, amen, cohorts that Daniel had. He knew what his enemies were like. And he thought, amen, listen, so much confidence that God was going to deliver him. If they go and find him alive, they're going to remove that stone and they're going to kill him themselves. But if I've got my signet on it, they're at least also. Hallelujah. Praise God. I got to thinking about that today. Hallelujah. Don't worry. God's got you covered. The Bible says if you are saved and you are a child of God, that you are sealed until the day of redemption. Well, come on, somebody. And he will keep you so the enemy cannot destroy you. Somebody help me. I'm trying to finish. King didn't sleep all night long because he was so distressed over Daniel. You can be assured that Daniel prayed in the lion's den. You can be sure that he prayed in the lion's den. He didn't start praying because he was thrown in. See, sometimes we wait till we're in there to start a prayer life. And then we want to be mad and blame God because we didn't get out. That was still stuck. Oh, come on, somebody. Daniel didn't wait to start praying when they got through in. Hallelujah. He had a habit of praying. So even though he was surrounded by roaring lions, he said, you know what? I got to pray. I got to pray. I'm going to pray anyway. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? And I can promise you that the enemy has stolen a lot of your prayer time this year. He has taken away that time from you. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? But let's go into 2024 knowing that we are preserved, preferred, and protected. Hallelujah. He also laid down and slept. It was sundown when he went in. And the king went to check on him the next morning. I don't believe 
that Daniel sat there. Or, <laughs> come on, come on, I'm just being real. I'm talking about me, come on. I didn't sleep all night worried about this and that, come on. This on my mind, out of my mind. You got peace in your mind. Why are things weighing on your mind? You should have peace of mind. Things should not weigh on your mind. Come on, hallelujah. Talking, talking, talking from the pulpit down to the last car that pulls out of the parking lot. But Daniel, I believe Daniel just lay down and like, I'm going to sleep. And then the next morning, because he hears the king. Daniel! Daniel, are you in there? Has your God delivered you? King, you're safe. Daniel said, King, you're off the hook because my God sent an angel and he shut the lion's mouth and he has delivered me. Shut, he said he shut the lion's mouth. Mm. Right? Come on, do that tonight. 1201. You're done. Lay down, come on. Unless the trumpet sounds and you go up, go down. is the Hebrew word salgar. It means surrender, to give over. So God made the angels surrender their appetite, surrender their needs, surrender their animal instinct. He's given us authority over all powers of the devil. The devil sounds and roars like a lion, but there's only one lion, and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And his name is Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. See, Daniel was preserved through his faith, not his works. It wasn't his works that saved him, delivered him. It was his faith. Come on. And then, then, then what happened? Those that accused Daniel... Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I shall repay. Some of you 
have dealt with persecution this year. Unjust, wrong accusations. Amen. You've dealt with it this year. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I shall repay. You don't have to utter a word. God will take care of it. God, you're, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because those who accuse Daniel, they were thrown in the lion's den along with their wives and children. And the Bible says that the lions overpowered them before they even got to the bottom of the den. You know what that tells me? That proved that the genuine angelic protection of Daniel was supernatural. Come on. There was nothing natural about those lions not eating Daniel. The Bible says that they destroyed them and ripped them apart bone from bone. Then... Their wives and their yep. children. It was the law. Yep. It was the law. So what the enemy meant for evil, yep. God will turn it around and use it. Remember Haman? Yep. Come on, remember Mordecai and Esther? We're coming upon it in, in March. We'll be talking about it again. Amen. Praise God. Paree. Think about it. The very thing that Haman thought was going to take out Mordecai, God used to take him out. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? Praise God. There was no natural reason why those lions did not eat Daniel other than the supernatural hand of God delivered them. And there's some of you, there's no reason why you shouldn't have lost your mind this year. Why you shouldn't be sitting somewhere feeling sorry for yourself, depressed and messed up. But you're here in the house of God with your hands raised up, singing praise the Lord. Oh my soul. Only because the hand of God. And then the king made a decree that all must honor the God of Daniel. He's going to get the glory. Because he's the one that's worthy of it. Ain't nothing we do. I ain't no preacher. I'm just a vessel that allows him to work through me. We ain't nothing without him. Come on, are you hearing me? So I got to, I got to thinking about it. I got to thinking about all of these P's. Letter P. So here's, here's, you know, when, when you think about Daniel, Daniel was plotted against, but he prayed. And he praised. He didn't just pray, he praised. See, some people pray, but they don't praise. Praise is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. Prayer is part of worship. Praise is part of worship. How we act, how we respond is part of worship. Come on, somebody. So he's plotted against. He prayed, he praised, and he was persistent. But then he was persecuted. But in all that, he was protected. Then he was preserved. Then he was preferred. And finally, he prospered. All of that, he was preserved. Preserved. And he was protected. And in all of that, God prospered him. Now I'm about to bring this so close. So that someone say hallelujah. <laughs> 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 
to say for the new year and nothing wrong with it I'm not saying that we kind of look for cliche things we kind of look for but can I tell you that we need, we need to be listening to the voice of God we need to be listening to what God is trying to say to us but God spoke one thing to me it's coming out of 2023 and going into 2024 and at first I thought it was just for me and I was okay with that but then he let me know last night that he wanted me to share it with all of you. And we're getting ready to go into our 21-day consecration fast. But there's one word God spoke to me for coming out of this year. And I'm telling you, I, 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 this has been one of the, spiritually, one of the most difficult years that I can recollect in a long time. So I'm ready for 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, 12, 31, 23, whatever, however you want to do it. Go. In Jesus' name, out. Up and out. Go. That's how I feel about it. But I don't want to go into 2024 flipping. Or not cognizant of what? God, because I believe, like I look, <laughs> just because the, 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 the year, the numbers change, it doesn't mean that things are going to change overnight. Because I still, I believe we're going to, I believe we're, we're, we're going to embark on some things. But here's one, the one word God spoke to me coming out of 2023, going into 2024, was refocus. God said refocus. Now, I don't know about you. That I will, I will attest and I will testify and I will admit that there's been times this year, especially in the last six months of this year, that I've lost focus. That things have gotten out of focus. I will tell you legitimately that I got to thinking about refocus. And, and refocus means to readjust in order to make an image clearer. So you've got to readjust something in order to make what you're looking at clearer. Sometimes you do that to make it larger or to make it appear that it's closer than it really is. Now that one got me. Because I, I felt like this year that God was so, 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 so distant from me. I know he's not. At the end of the day, I know he's not. But in the moments and the seasons, it's real. And so... You know, when it, it, it's like when you're looking through a telescope and you're trying to look at a star. 
in the atmosphere and you refocus the lens and it makes the star come in closer and it looks like it's sitting right in the room with you. Oh, magnify the Lord for he is good. That's what it means to magnify him. Make him appear bigger than your problem. Make him appear closer than what you feel like he is because he's there. Refocus is to change priorities and to concentrate on something different. Get your mind off of mess. Get your mind off of things that you cannot control. Get your focus off of things that do not have any weight in your eternity. Come on. Refocus is to cause attention to be directed at something different. So let's get our, let's refocus on him. Amen. What matters. Because let me tell you something. The enemy knows every prophetic word that has been spoken and declared over each and every one of your lives. Some of you don't know what your destiny is. Some of you have no experience. And no, no, no experience in a, in a, in a relationship with God to the, to, the, to the place of walking with him. And speaking and him talking to you. And so if you don't understand, maybe don't understand the significance of the destiny that God has over your life. But before the Bible says that before you were ever created in your mother's womb, he knew you. But the moment that you were conceived, that your mother and father, he partnered with the, your mother and father, and you were conceived, he released a destiny. Over your life. Yeah. Not when you took your first breath. But from the moment that, that, that the seed and the egg came together in the womb. Destiny began to unfold. Right. And circumstances, situations. May have altered and hindered and changed. The circumstances. And the place. That maybe you could be, but it hasn't changed the destiny. That's over here. Gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I was called to be a preacher before my mom and dad ever had any inkling. I told you before, my mom had a partial hysterectomy. She was not supposed to be able to conceive. All she had was a woman. But she conceived me. And before, when they were selling all of my sister's baby bed and all this stuff because they were done. <laughs> These three are in. They were done. They saved the best for last, but they were done. <laughs> I can't. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Kind but before, when they were selling all that and thought it was finished, God said, nope, there's one more. I've called him to preach. I've anointed him. I've chosen him. And then from the moment that I was conceived, that destiny began to unfold. And I can tell you, 
how things and circumstances and situations and words and people altered and sent me in a wrong direction. But I never got away from the call. Nothing ever gave me peace until I surrendered to him. So that, that, that destiny is over your life. So I got to look in. This is two, and I promise you, come to the music. We're going into 2024, and I'm not big on, this is not numerology or anything like that. You understand that? That in the Hebrew language, letters have a numerical value and vice versa. We're going into 2024. The number 24 in the Hebrew is Kaf The letter K and the letter D. And it, 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 that spells the word Kad, K-A-D. The word Kad means picture. Not picture, but picture. What do you do with a picture? You pour it out. Its, it's purpose is really not filling it up, but to be able to pour it out. And I believe that God's picture of judgment is being poured out. I believe that. I believe that 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 judgment and even some severity. But the number 24 in the Hebrew language also relates to the priesthood. And it's 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 literally an open palm. In in in, in the act of Opening a door. Now, what kind of door is open for the priesthood? But the door into to give you access into the sanctuary of God. So, an, an open palm and opening a door signifying the access into the sanctuary of God. We are in the Hebrew month. Our year, excuse me, of 5784. Try not to lose you. God's, God's calendar began in September, the new year in God's calendar. 5784 in the Hebrew. And, 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 and I'm condensing it and just saying it like this means openness. The concept of open. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that a little further and I'm going to say open doors, open eyes, open ears and open hearts that give us access into the sanctuary of God that despite what is coming that despite the pouring out the picture, despite the things that have to happen these things have to happen despite that and as we are still here, we have access into the sanctuary of God where His presence, His peace will preserve you, prefer you, One more thing. I looked in the Strong's Concordance of the Bible. 
and the Hebrew word that is number 5784. You all know I don't do this a lot, but I really felt that the number 5784 in the concordance is the word chaff. I want you to hear me. What is the chaff? The chaff is the husk that surrounds a seed that must be removed to expose the grain at harvest. And as I begin to look at that, and I begin to meditate on that as God looking at the number 24 and a picture of judgment and severity being poured out, but God's year, 5784, the year of openness, to have open eyes, open ears, open doors, open hearts, to God, whatever you have, but to give us access, to open the door, to give us access into the very sanctuary of God, where only the priests were allowed to have access, that in the midst of that, hallelujah, amen, that, 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 that signified, this is what the Lord said to me, hallelujah, with this chat that is that husk that surrounds the seed that has to be removed. If you study if you study agriculture in the Bible, they would separate the chaff from the wheat and they would they would they would run it through a sieve and the chaff would often blow away and the seed would remain. What would be the seed? It would be the grain, it would be the harvest, it would be that which would provide, that which would give nourishment. Amen. And God spoke to me and said that this, that 5784 with the chaff, what is happening when the chaff is removed, it means it's the end of a season. So I believe that despite all that has happened in 2023, I don't think it's going to be instantaneous when 1201 and then poof, oh, everything's lifted and all has changed. But I believe that I've heard the Lord say that this season that we are seeing is coming to an end. And we're going to have access and don't be distressed when the judgment is poured out. And the whatever, we're, however, if we if we wake up in the morning and we're still here, I mean that. I'm serious as a heart attack. I believe that's how, I believe that much that the Lord could call us out of here tonight. In the morning. So if we wake up in the morning, there hasn't been a massive disappearance with me and the church hasn't been taken out of here and whatever pouring out of that picture of judgment and severity that we that God has ordained for us to endure remember this the season is coming to an end and if you open your eyes your ears and your heart there will be an open door and you have access into the sanctuary of God and just like Daniel you will be preserved preferred and protected I believe that with everything that's in me as they begin to play in worship every head bowed we're about to let